ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Bite. What's going on, guys? This is going to be our second uh, bite podcast since the whole coronavirus thing going on. Um, this is T Money right here. We got some good stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, lots of summer stuff. Majority of majority of it's going to be about the summer fishing and uh, how we go about it, kind of. Um, but T Money here. We got. Uh, I guess we'll go to our left. Who's over here? Billy Billy Bates here, live and direct. Uh, to my left, we have Maya back again, hanging out with us tonight. Anything else you want to say to your left? To my left, Maddie Ice checking in back at it again. We actually don't have any cold ones to crack. No, we don't. I ruined that. <sighs> yeah, we're kind of on a we have a ban going on right now, time out for. <laughs> We're on a quarantine right now. <laughs> One particular person's tirade. quarantining <laughs> But he can introduce himself. He's sitting right to my left. Uh, yeah. Cod Gills, always <laughs> making things interesting. I, um, well, I'll let you guys listen. Yeah, if you want to hear what happened, just go ahead and listen to our last podcast. Um, <laughs> just, you want to stay for the end because that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. it gets a little fuzzy there. I'm going to have to listen to it to remind we were myself. We are celebrating our epic return. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not saying it wasn't justified. Three it months was just... off, well-deserved, all packed into one night. Oh, yeah. Don't hate us. Yeah. Forgive it's definitely us. worth a listen. We're talking we'll about fishing this week. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have a little more structure on this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A little less tequila. Yeah, a little less tequila for some yeah. of us. Shouldn't have set it off with the tequila shot. That's what did it. <laughs> Billy's like, we should take a tequila shot. And we're like, all right, bring yes, it on up. Yes, sir. 15 minutes later, we're all like, we shouldn't have taken a tequila shot. <laughs> we're all like, that's so smooth. <laughs> Let me take another. Yeah, that's what happened. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess do we want to start it off with uh, stuff we've been doing this week? Because I know a few of us has been fishing. Um, today, some of us went. I think yesterday, a few went. Um, I think God Gills went both days. Yep, yep. I did. I've, I've, we got our first, well, second BFL of the year coming up this weekend. So I've been fishing a little bit out on the Potomac, just trying to get some confidence because I have not been out there really hardly at all since wintertime. And, uh, we fished out there a good amount in the pre spawn, Akakwan at least. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, when they were, they were really setting up on their beds, dock fishing. It was pretty simple, though. Yeah, it was, was shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, to a point. it was fun, but um, it's not that way anymore. I think you could probably spend four hours on fishing docks and maybe catch one or two good ones. Could probably catch a bunch of dinks, but I don't know. I haven't really tried it So in the last two days. I spent an hour out there yesterday with the wind in my little john boat, and it was white capping within, like I said, the first hour or so. When held up in a dock and decided to leave and go to the reservoir where it was a little bit more safe for my John boat um, and pounded them. It was fun. I'm glad I went there. And Even with the water being a little dingier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was 85 degrees, which is pretty, 
I think that it's starting to get back to its normal temperatures because for a while there, everything in this region, I think across the country, um, everything's been behind. You know, we had a cold April, kind of a wet April. And so May was mm, mild, but it wasn't cold. And then June, we've got some, we've got plenty of those mid 90s days, a lot of sunshine, not a whole lot of rain. We've had some thunderstorms, but, and that's dingied up the water on the reservoir, but nowhere near like, what it can be. Oh, yeah. We saw that, what, two years ago? Mm. Two years ago was so bad. Summer of nightmares. Yeah. I mean, when when that, just because in this region, we have a lot of Virginia clay. And so when it's running off, I mean, even an inch rainstorm is going to change what our creeks look like. Maybe not the main body of, of, of the reservoir, but um, it was definitely stained. And we've had a few thunderstorms over the last week, but it wasn't. Like I couldn't fish offshore and they were definitely out there. It was fun. I think little... you posted a lot on Instagram about that day, right? Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things I want to do for sure. So for me, two years ago, like if my boat was sitting in 12 feet of water, I was like, I need to get closer to the bank. I think that's most of us here. Uh, like I we... mean, I did not feel comfortable at all with, I had a graph. It wasn't an expensive graph. I just had a graph to, you know, be like everyone else, check water temperature, check how deep I am, but I wasn't using it to find fish. And so that frontier for me was really figured out last year and starting to figure it out. And then this year, since the offshore, the fish had moved offshore, I've really started to expand on it and try and learn it, spend hours and hours and hours just driving around graphing. Um, so I'm trying to put more and more stuff on the pipe, on, on the Instagram for the podcast, just showing pictures. You know, a lot of people, they'll show you pictures of what fish look like, but they won't show you a direct, um, like the direct result. Like, sure, you can show me that you caught a fish or you, 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 you see fish on your graph, but did you catch them? What'd you catch them on? Why, why did you choose that bait? And how did you know they were fish? How did you know they were catchable fish? Um, and also, if you want to see all these pictures that he's posting, go follow us on The Bite Podcast on our Instagram. A um, lot of good content going up there, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and so I'm going to try, and I think we're all going to try. We all have decent graphs now um, that we can at least show what bottom hardness looks like. I mean, today on the Potomac, um, I was out on a buddy's boat, and he has a a Garmin, I think the Eco, something like that. And it was, it was really good. I didn't, I've never actually fished on a boat with a Garmin, but it did a really great job. And we were using it just to find the grass edge. And, you know, typically. We're, we're using like side scan for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we would just kind of motor down the channel. And as soon as we got to a spot where you could see the grass, we'd stop and just try and keep the boat in a spot where you could just start to see grass and you knew that it was heavy grass where you were casting into. Um, so I've, I've actually never really used a graph because on the reservoir, we don't need that. And I think for the grass you're talking, right? Yeah. Cause yeah, we don't yeah. have grass. Um, not at least like offshore the type grass. Of, yeah. 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 I mean, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but me and Matt had no clue how to fish deeper than eight feet of water. Um, before probably three years ago. And really the res kind of taught us how to do all that. We finally got confidence and did pretty well at it last year. And this year we're continuing that. But it was just in the past few years that we figured that out. And it's been 
so much fun. Easily my favorite way to fish now. Oh, 100%. It's so much fun. If I could be offshore, I would be offshore in the spawn. Like just leave the spawning fish alone and just fish for post-spawn or pre-spawn fish. But it's, it's so rewarding too because you just, you see it, you turn around, you fire what bait you think those type, the, the, how those fish are set up, what they'd want. And if you connect, it's even better. If you don't, then it's a learning. So I, I have an answer personally to this question, but I want to ask you what water temp or is it a water temp or is it a, is it a, once you see the fish changing over, is it a, what makes you want to start to uh, go try out outdoors or outdoors, uh, out deep? For me, I think for, for the last two years, my marker based on, we did have good water conditions. We didn't have any flooding during that time, like post-spawn. Um, so that was nice because if that that would throw a whole different kind of variable, it's kind of a combination it. of stuff. Yeah, for me at least, water mm -hmm. color, temperature, time of year, because you know when the sun's up. Like June twenty first was just whatever a week ago, and so at that point, that's the longest day of the year. That means the sun is directly overhead. That's full light penetration into the water. It's not like it's in the southern sky when it's in the winter, you know, and refracting off of the water. Um, it's directly overhead, so it's it's penetrating. They know, even if it's still in the seventies, they know summer's right around the corner and I got to move out. Bait fish is going to move out. They don't have eyelids as we all know. So they want to just get out and get into the cool water. And, um, so I'd say starting in that mid to high seventies, eighties, definitely better. 85, which is what I saw yesterday. And that was probably the best day I've had so far on the reservoir, which is graphing and, and catching fish. 85 has been prime time for us. It just, so, it's going to depend on the body of water you're fishing completely. But, yeah, it's definitely – 75 is almost pushing it a little bit because there's a the, lot you, you of know fish that still shallow. Yes. But you can still you can still go out and target those offshore fish if you got a good spawning area where you know a bunch of fish have already spawned and you know a good transition spot for them to go out deep, you can probably do it. But I, I, would, I would say 80 degrees. So my – for me, at least this year, uh, what I used was combination of obviously, okay, I know a decent amount of fish have spawned already, so either they're chilling up shallow still or they're on their way out. Um, I know waters for me at least this year. I started checking at seventy. Um, whenever I was out there, I would go to a point that I knew was good. Um, normally in the summer, it might have been a shallower point or something like that, but I would go just try it. Um, make like. 10, 15 casts. If I caught something great, I would try another point. If I didn't, I wouldn't probably try another point. Um, but I caught them. I think the water temp was like 73, 74 when I caught the first fish on a point this year. Um, and it was like a four pounder. Yeah. A lot of people would say that the big fish, they pull up first to spawn and they pull out first, you know, to get Absolutely. into their summer patterns. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. What do you think your top five baits for fishing offshore summertime fish would be? Easy. That's that's easy for me and Matt. I think. Let's do it. Start with. Uh, let's start with Tyler. All right, I'll go first. Um, for me, number one, when you see him set up on the bottom, which is kind of what we're starting to get into too. When like you, you see him on the bottom, like hugging the bottom or two feet above the bottom, I usually like to try shaky head football jig um or i'm really getting into the mag shaky head now that's kind of the same 
same idea as a shaky head, but um, and then I mean, I, really, that's that's it when they're on the bottom like that. And the spoon, if if they're if they're looking if looking they're like they're stacked up a little bit, stacked up on each other. Um, and then once they're suspended or maybe like above two feet off the bottom, um, even sometimes when they are hugging the bottom, I'll try it. I do scrounger, uh, just regular Kai Tech. What's that for? And then, um, that's like six, but you can keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff I like to throw on the. That's points. another reason it's like, we like it is because you can throw so many different things and be successful. Like, well, their metabolisms are high. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're feeding you reaction stuff, bottom baits. I mean, it's they, they want to eat. They're, but I'm not um, even get into the top water and like yeah, there's, really suspending there, there's stuff a lot. like. But those 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 fish, you're not really using your graph to to find a topwater bite. You're just as early morning. If they come up schooling, I mean, maybe if you're fishing for spotted bass, you can draw them up. But maybe that at that point, you might be able to graph over them because sometimes that's over like 80 feet of water, and mm-hmm. you just see a school down there, and they'll they'll come up for it. From what I hear, I've actually never fished for spotted bass. I know you guys have. That that's what happens. On on Lanier was the only time I've ever. That I think that was the. Deepest I've ever caught a large mount, or a bass out of. It was, I think we were over 80 feet of water. And uh, I had one come up and hit a underspin 10 feet down. And I was catching them consistently like that throughout the day. And like we were, obviously we were near structure, but the structure was like a hump that came up to 30 feet. So he, your boater had graphed that. Did did he? So he's he'd fished that in practice and knew that, he's seen schooling fish there. Like that was one of those deals where honestly, you didn't really see him on the graph that much. You would more like stop at a spot and like, look for them schooling, like look for them on top schooling. And then once you saw him schooling, you'd cast towards that. Um, or until you, until you see him schooling, you just kind of blind cast and hope that you run across one. But that, that really was just kind of getting near a body or near a piece of structure, which was that hump. And then just kind of fan casting around and trying to find where those fish are, um, are schooling up, chasing those shad. So that was that was awesome. That was actually that was one of the first times I, I was ever kind of uh, exposed to like deep structure fishing. Like before that, me and I don't think we really fished out deep too much that year um, no, on the rest. That was definitely so, the deepest we've ever fished. Yeah. And if I could choose a lake to live on out of all the ones I've fished, it'd probably be linear. Linear is awesome. It is. Spotted bass are oh, just incredible. People, th- smallmouth are their own animal, but a spotted bass, that's that's something pretty cool. They don't get as big as a smallmouth, but they're, right. they're, yeah, pre- they're, they're pretty they're pretty fun. There's some big ones for sure, but it's... There's some consistent like three and four pounders out of Lanier, though. Yeah, we were spoiled with hitting Lanier for the spotted bass, at least, because, I mean, it's one of the most well-renowned lakes in the country for spotted bass. And the cool part about Lanier is, like... It is a very well-known tactic to throw like those six and eight-inch triple trouts and bull shads and stuff for those spotted bass, and they come up and crush them like over eighty feet of water. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like it, it's you, anybody who's out fishing there in the summer always has a big swim bait tied on for those fish. So, cool. five, top five baits fishing on. on so, the I would definitely say a lot of the same thing. Um, I think the only one that would be different uh, would I like throwing a Carolina rig and it's so funny because I've had very little success but it's just cool to be able to you can differentiate oh 
okay, I'm in a little bit of a rocky patch. All of a sudden it's mush again. You know, you're on the clay here and then, oh, it's rocky again. But I haven't had much success with it. I'm trying different baits. Uh, I know that my tournament partner right now, he he's grown up on the reservoir and he loves to fish a Carolina rig. You can do it all over the country. I mean, they do it for smallmouth up in New York. Uh, I know they do it down in the south. But um, so Carolina rig, the A rig, when it's windy, I think that's a bait that gets kind of overlooked in the in the summer. You kind of think that of a, as far as like a, a winter bait, big fish winter bait. But that definitely has put some fish in the boat for me this winter or this summer. Um, and then... The other one would be a swing head jig, kind of just grinding a swing head jig through a school of fish down there on the bottom. Um, I haven't really got into one of those bites, really. It's just, I've only, I've, I've tried only, it a few times, but yeah, they catch big fish, they really truly do. That it just doesn't seem like you're catching those one and two pounders. It's like when, when you catch one, it's the three plus pound fish. I've been out with you when you've caught them good on yeah. that some like three and four pounders mm -hmm. that first day that i threw it yeah. with you i was like i'm gonna throw this thing until i catch a fish and literally it was probably 15 seconds later all of a sudden i caught a four and a yep. quarter it was cool that's tight mm -hmm. but um yeah i think that would be the three that i would add to that i mean i can really only add the deep diving crankbait to the list jerkbait we don't say that word. <laughs> Not in the summertime. It only works in the winter. They heard us. They heard us talking about the jerkbait way too much over the winter. So you know, you're posting pictures of it in fish's mouths. Oh, I know another bait that we didn't really talk about. Well, I'll let Billy go because Billy hasn't gone yet. So, oh, I'm I'm listening. I, I'd suck at fishing deep. I, my you, graph doesn't work right now either. So, did you, yeah, no, they haven't figured that out yet. I got I think I just need to get a new power cord, which I just mm. haven't gotten around to ordering. Dang, that's brand new too. Yeah, it's got to be the power cable. Just won't turn on, but um, yeah. I mean, I've when I have fish uh, points and deeper stuff, it's been what you guys have been talking about already. Shaky heads. I mean, I throw. I like throw big bullworm, like eight, ten inch bullworm. Just well, you caught those two good fish the other day in the you know yeah. out offshore. Not that was a Texas rig, right? Uh, it actually was a Magnum shaky head, but like the big striking one. That's like I think it's like a seven or eight out okay hook. It's like a three quarter ounce shaky head. It's pretty intense, but uh, yeah, like the ten inch strike king bullworm. Uh, yeah, I think I mean that fish you got. When I caught that was with pretty. You that guys, was pretty cool. Gobbled that thing up. I mean. It was probably like a four or four and a half pounder. I was like, I was prepared to see like a seven or eight pounder. It was so fired up. Like it was. It was, yeah, your boat was spinning I around. was like, oh my God, this is, this is big. This is big. And then, I mean, it was still a good fish, but it, it, the way it was, like it, the way it wanted that worm was just insane. That was another graphing instance. Yeah. We fished a spot that I've never, I mean, I've talked to a few people since then, just shooting the breeze about fishing out there and, and they Tell said them how we caught them well all right it, it, it was hudgens it was hudgens so okay. i mean give it away, give it hudgens, away, is, yeah. hudgens has given hudgens us a lot of nuggets okay. out there so we were just i was just talking about it and i said you know i've all the years of fishing this place i've never seen a person fishing you know in this particular spot he's like oh yeah people we, we i used to fish that all the time Take a, take a storm shad is what he was saying and just start dragging it along the bottom and then rip 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 and let it fall back down and then hop, 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 and then let it just slow dragging again. And he was, I, I ended up catching a fish on the Kai Tech. I didn't have that storm shad that he was talking about, 
but um, doing that exact same thing. That's what I was doing. I caught a small one doing that, but it was it was the big worm. It was doing the work on that spot. Yeah, but yeah, we 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 were about to leave. I said to Matt, I was like, let's just go graph this real quick. Just just kind of try it. And there was just a load of them, and mm. we caught. I didn't. Ca- I only caught two there. You caught four. I caught like four, yeah. And then you came in and caught the biggest one. The biggest one. Yeah. My well, my graph wasn't working, and I saw where these dudes were. I just rolled up, and they were like, "They're, they're over there. There's fish over there." And I threw in, and it was like seconds later, <laughs> caught a decent fish. I was like, "Who needs a graph when you got these guys with you?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yesterday, yeah, when I was out on the reservoir yesterday. I graphed a spot that also I've never fished before. And I had seen fish here. This is a tree out in like 40 feet of water, middle of nowhere. And I've graphed over it before. And I've seen marks. And I'm just like, those are probably catfish. I just can't believe that those are bass. And pass over it, did it again. It's like, those are just too big. They can't be, those can't be bass. So this day I was just like, you know what? I'm done for the day. I'm just going to make one cast, two casts into this tree and, just check it out. Three and a half pounder on the first cast. I was just like, what? Hmm. What? That's so, it's so rewarding. And there's three people on the three, three different boats right around me fishing the bank, like 10 feet off the bank. And they all watch me boat flip this thing. And they're just like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. They have, probably have no idea what's down there. They're yeah. like, what the heck was this kid doing? But, um, well, that's definitely how I feel when I watch a lot of people fish offshore. Like, whether on the internet or in real life, you see them, you're like, what are they doing out there? Like, in the middle of nowhere. Electronics. Exactly. I mean, they used to do it without electronics, and they figured that out. Having, like, an old paper map that says roadbed on it, and yeah. you have to go over there and fish it and just feel it out with the bottom bait. Yep. With wonder monofilament if, and no, no oh, tungsten. Yeah. I wonder, honestly, if, like... The Carolina rig, while it still works, it's died off. You don't hear of it a lot anymore. I wonder if, I mean, I don't see why we still eat the same baits on a Carolina rig when you put it on a shaky head or when you flip it in. But maybe because so many people have been throwing Carolina rigs for so long. Like the deep diving crankbait just, I mean, I know people still catch fish on it. Don't get me wrong. But for us here, it's just like not really a player. Every once in a while, you get on a good crankbait bite. But. I just did you throw it at all yesterday? No. There's. I think that now that the water temperature has been consistently over eighty five, it's going to work. I mean, maybe the, That's the a, fish that if you follow us on Instagram and saw the pictures that Alex was posting yesterday, or I guess this will be about a week <laughs> by the time you hear yeah. this, but um, those were you could probably catch a fish. Well, I mean, think about. I I'm always curious as to like what the temperatures are down there. You know, like if oh, yeah. you're seeing mm-hmm. 75, 80, 85 up top, 30, 40 feet down, it's probably still pretty cold. It's even 15. De- definitely. Less yeah. than that, mm-hmm. like 10 feet. We should yeah. tie a thermometer onto. Mm-hmm. should just oh, have you dive yeah. down there. I'll just dive. Yeah, folks can just <laughs> jump in and sink like a brick. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tell us how cold it is down there. It's about 65. <laughs> he comes back up like eight minutes later. He's all blue. Like, it's cold, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cold. <laughs> No, but yeah, so I mean, through, like you're saying though, like throughout the summer as it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, that water gets, the warmer gets lower and lower and lower, um, that it, there may be a moment where it switches that deep crankbait might, you know, the I wish difference I... between cranking it in like 70 versus 60, you know, down that low. Honestly, I, because I was fishing, the, I was planning on fishing the Potomac pretty much the majority of the day. 
Um, I didn't bring, I didn't bring a spoon. I didn't bring, I didn't even bring Kytex or, 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 or jig heads. I literally found a Kytex on the floor of my boat. <laughs> and Cru- got it's a it trash had, can. It had rust on it. Yes. And I found uh, an old jig head. We call on- that green pumpkin. i mean it put it put the biggest fish in the boat actually i think all my big fish came on yesterday they came on the on the kaitang no i caught one four pounder on on a shaky head but for the most part they came on that kaitang kaitang spent money yeah it's a great bait i'm excited to see when those like Spoonfish turn on this year because we it's we kind of would have been yesterday. I think yesterday it would. Well, I'm just saying because we kind of found it random last year. We don't really we weren't really trying it before then, so we have no clue mm-hmm. when it actually started. True. Um. Well, so, Matt's got a few on it so far. Yeah, I've but, caught but one, I've caught three fish on it, and one of them was snagged in the booty hole. <laughs> I hooked into him and I was like, oh my God, this is a catfish. And he started running like real fast. I could feel his tail moving. I was like, nope, just snag bass. It was a good one. It was like three and a quarter. But yeah, I, that's what I'd like to see. Cause once we can figure that out and like actually dial it into where, okay, there's no need to throw the spoon before this temp. Oh, um, yeah. The, well, the temp, that'd be nice. But I think a lot of it's the way they set up. I was just going to say too, that. Yeah. Like, you got, it, it's so noticeable. They I mean, have we to. have seen a few groups of fish yeah, those that groups are that you were... set up. Well, I mean, I don't know if I held us that that day in particular. The the whole entire day, this was 10, 12 days ago. It was kind of like mid-June. Me and Matt went out and something happened to that place where I don't know I don't know what it was. All of the fish, even on our honey holes, you know, the community holes. It was just vacant, and the fish, you could see them suspended out off the ledges, off of the breaks. And when they suspend out there, if they suspend on top of the points or on top of the ledges, that's fine. You can still catch them. But when they're suspended out over, like, the deep water next to the ledges, they're just not active, and they and they weren't that day. I mean, we caught a few early on in that one spot that we grabbed, and they were set up right. That was the day with you, Billy. But for the rest of the day, like— we struggled for four hours straight. Until um, we hit the last spot. Yeah, and we doubled up. We were like, yes, this yeah. is the greatest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> you go, you sh- you want me to net that? It looks like a pretty good fish because we hadn't seen a fish in so long. It ended up coming up. Uh, it was like a two and a half pounder. I was like, nah, I got it. <laughs> I was like, today on the river, Matt pulled this fish out. And I was like, oh, dude, four pounder. Nice. He's like, that's two and a half pounder. And I was like, no way. I'll bet you $100 that fish is over two and a half pounds. And he was like... <laughs> I'm not going to bet you $100 because I don't want to take your money, but put it on the scale. It was like 2.5 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, it's, I could have sworn. It's like, like, it, it looks, looks so much bigger on so the bottom bigger of the, on the floor. I don't, I don't know what happened. It shrunk. If I had a swore, it was like a four-pounder when I looked at it. That's funny. But if, it's hard sometimes. You're like, you don't see a fish for a while, and you're just like, you forget. Your size reference goes way away mm-hmm. somehow. You know, it's funny. That happens a lot when... I set the hook on a fish for the first time. I'm like, dude, it's a giant. Yeah. Giant. Comes in, not even 14. You catch like a couple fours in a day, you know, like by the fifth time you catch a, a fish, you're like, I know how big this one is. Yeah. But the first one, you're like, oh my God. Well, it's a 10. It's a 10. Also, <laughs> like these past few weeks, those res fish have been dogging me. Yeah. Like two There's and a half. Summertime is. Dude, two and a half, three pounders. I'm using like 15 pound test line with like a relatively stout rod and they're dogging me. Like yeah. they're a six. 
So it's it's pretty ridiculous. Especially when you're catching them deep and you're like, you got all that water in between you and you're pulling them up off the bottom and it's just like, it's a fight. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess my next question is when, like, what do you look for in a school of fish that you decide is catchable or is worth fishing? Um, like, how do you determine whether you're going to stop and fish it or not? Like, what what's what are some key key factors in that? Where they're set up on the spot, I think, is a big thing. And it's graphing and knowing where, where your bait fish are setting up. I mean, one of the best things you can do is as soon as you drop your boat in the water in the morning, it's going to change because the temps are going to change. But look at your graph and see, okay, the bait fish are in 15 feet of water. Because, I mean, I'm sure it's like this everywhere else. Like, we don't graph too much anywhere other than the res. But you go out and the bait is in a depth. And it won't go below that. Yeah, you'll, so you'll like see some you, random ones in different depths. Yes. But the majority, just take an average of it. Mm-hmm. You'll 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 figure it out pretty quick, the average So depth. I think that's something that you could put into it. And if you find that depth where the bait fish is sitting and then you graph a ledge or a point that you normally like to fish and the bass, you, I mean, you can just see multiple, multiple and not even see the bait and they're good to go. But if you see the bass set up in a group in that – money depth within two feet i think that's that's go time i mean even if you just see a single one on like a big mark on a point i would still turn around and cast at it if yeah. it's just a single one because you never know uh, there could be 20 of them that you off to see. the right on the side scan you know mm-hmm. so like that's for sure I, I actually posted something about that in the story yesterday I was just saying if you f- see multiple marks, those fish are, w- it's way easier to get a bite on it. And that's 100% true, but that doesn't mean that if you only see one, you shouldn't fish for right. it. Right. That could be a whole bunch that just yeah. weren't in the cone. Because, I mean, yeah, exactly. It could be the first one up in a group and you make that cast and six of them follow the one out with the bait in its mouth, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually watched a video recently. I don't remember who put it up, but just talking about how, when, especially if you're like sitting on a spot, and uh, you'll see, you'll like, the fish will go in and out of your cone all the time. Yep. So you might see a like a very small mark at that specific moment, but you know, sit there for a few minutes, you may see like four or five come through that cone and there could be a whole school there that you didn't even know. Just and you and you left cuz you only saw one mark or something. Yep. It's it's it could be worth stopping and and graphing for a few minutes, you know, checking it out. That's what yeah, I was going to say graph I, I like to t- make multiple passes on a spot. I don't like to just go over in one depth. And they don't, they're, I mean, if they're in 10 feet or less, they can get shy from your boat, mm-hmm. especially if it's not like a heavily traveled place. Luckily for us, that this major body of water that we fish, it's, there's boats all over the place. These fish, they're, used they're, to they're not they afraid of a motor because there's crew boats, there's just pleasure boaters. They, they hear the motors all the time. Um, and funny enough, there was, Three of those fish yesterday, I've I graphed that same point a few different times, would catch one and I would just go back around and just regraph to see where they were because they would move and you could see it getting thinner and thinner, the school that I was fishing. Um, but it was it, you know, just when I did that, I was like, these fish literally don't care that I'm riding right over there. Dude, let me read you guys something really quick, because this is actually something I saw today. Uh this is from um uh, Drew Benton, you know who Drew Benton yeah. is? Okay, so this is what he says. 
I started doing donuts with my boat when I arrive at a place. You guys read this thing today? Well, no, this is what what I was going to say. Yeah, I knew he was going to say that. This is is crazy. Did you read this, Alex? No. It's on that uh, Bass Blast. Finish what you're saying. So he goes, I started doing donuts with my boat when I arrive at a place I want to fish. It works. I caught a keeper every single time I've done that. I noticed that when I pull up to a place, I'd catch a good one on the first cast or two. Then the bite just stopped. So I started doing donuts with my boat when I arrive at the place I I wanted to fish. It works. I catch a keeper every single time I do that. So last summer, me and Matt were on... And also, sorry, uh, Brian Latimer says he does the same yeah. thing. So me and Matt were on the fingers at towards the end of the day um, in a res tournament. And like we were just kind of running around the fingers because we were catching them, um, seeing them on the graph, all that stuff. But we noticed that once we turned the motor on and went to a new spot, we would look back and in our wash... Fish would be busting all yeah. over the place. How many times you see it? You're Fired like, up. of course. You just now and they're the, jumping. And then know, like, we would we would go back the other way, and in our wash where we just left, fish would be busting all over the place. So it we, gets the bait fish fired up. That's it, what it does. I think it disorients uh, the bait it, fish. It, yeah, it, it disorients them and just gets them scattered. Yeah, because I mean, you ever run your boat around like a ball of bait or like cast your lure in it? Yeah, Tyler targets them when we're running. <laughs> In the fall, the, you could walk across them in the res in the fall and like late summer. I'll I mean, be swerving around the res, Tyler's, going over. Tyler's them. just like, I'm running you over. I'm running you over. I'm like, gosh, you're a horrible person. But there is too much bait. So I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. But I had a similar experience actually last year in a, in a res tournament. We were way up in the river and the guy I was fishing with, he, he was subbing for, for my partner at that point. And a narrow, narrow portion, but there was a lot of people up there. And we fished, caught a couple. All of a sudden, the bite died, and one of an, another boat drove by. Me and Tyler. It might have been. It was because we and talked this to you and one Will. tree where I was catching them pretty consistently. We went back as you went by and caught two more out of it. Bite died. We saw another boat coming, and literally, Will was like, "Dude, let's go try that tree again." And as that as that boat had gone, that tree was just being hit by that wake. And we literally pulled up on it and caught two more keepers, and then we filled out our limit. And so the next time a boat came through, we motored right back to that same tree. There was just a bunch of bait there, and I think those fish like, when moves them around, yeah, probably swirls it up a little. Just like it's the water, all fired up. the bass all fired up because they see the bait, and then they go into that schooling mentality. I don't think it happens every time, but if you're there in the right situation. Yeah, it's definitely if worth the a try. If well, the bait's can, there. I mean, if you think about it, like, a lot of times you go, if you kind of sneak up to a tree or something, you'll see bait just sitting there, and if, there's probably bass sitting underneath them or whatever. If you get that bait to start swirling because your boat's going wild, and those baits start darting off, and those bass are sitting right there, I mean, because they know, I'm sure, that it's not so easy to go just swooping in there. Those, those fish, those bait fish will move like really fast, like way faster. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hard to catch, but when they start going crazy and disoriented, like you said, and they get scattered like, from the group. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I just sneak up here and just grab one real quick. Yep. The one that breaks away from the pack. Exactly. Exactly. It's interesting. It's a good point. So when I'm, so start running your motor over brush piles. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so, I mean, when we're talking about graphing and what we're looking for, actually, when I see bait, with fish on it, sure, I will try it. But nine times out of ten, I don't typically catch fish regularly out of like a – you will see it. It's distinct. I mean, when you see that big blob on your down scan and all of a sudden you just see a dot on the outside or three dots, it's just like – It's cool when you see them right in the middle and there's a hole in the bait. Yes. <laughs> 
That's yeah. the coolest. Like you'll just you'll you'll see a ball of bait, and then there'll be just a vacant hole in the middle, and one or two white dots just right in the middle, and like they're just you know they're feeding, but they're going nuts. But they have the real thing right there, and it's hard to get them to to get triggered on a on a fake piece of plastic. So, so go ahead. The other thing I wanted to add about the whole graphing thing is. Um, when you haven't like figured out what depth those fish are at yet, like say you're just pulling up to the lake in like first few spots. Um, I know me and Matt have been pretty guilty of this. Um, not recently, but like in the past we decide that, all right, the fish are going to be in this depth right now. So we're just going to go over this, this depth area, maybe like one or two other, other areas or like a pinpoint spot on that, on that spot that we know there's been fish in the past and there should be the fish there again. Um, and if they're not there, they're not there. But recently, I know this happened like a week ago, we started to kind of just go throughout that whole area and see if we find that fish, even though if they're not on the spot there, they usually are, but maybe yeah, even if you 30 know yards away. Because um, this happened at uh, Sandy. When that's right. We were fishing. Mm-hmm. We were just trying to fish that ledge because that's where we caught them in the past. And then nothing. We, we kept going down that bank and we side scanned like 15 fish and like, eight feet of water on that shoreline over there popped out cast there caught like four yeah and you, we would have never have to, fished there you have to graph the whole thing especially on bigger points but even that that wasn't like part of that part of that ledge as much as like what we were i will say targeting. that where we caught them was a well-known spot to catch them on the that little, on the, uh, uh, yes the little bay or, mm-hmm. i don't know but, crevice yes but we wouldn't have i, I mean we just it, went over it exactly because we didn't see them on the other spot and we were going to go right over to the other point so it was just like all right we'll just Go over this real quick before we go to the other point. Boop, 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 boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, your graph, and I see it when I fish with you. It, it, for whatever reason, that generation, it picks up fish really well because most people do not use side scan to find fish. I can see fish on my side scan, but I'm not confident to say like, oh yeah, that fish is right on the bottom, ready to feed. Like, I just. I, if I see one, I might turn around and graph back over it to see if there's more mm-hmm. or if they're set up the right way. But you, yeah, you, the way that that graph, I mean, you have it dialed in. I think it's I think it's more so to do with the transducer that I have. Maybe. Because it's not a transducer that came with the graph. Oh, I really? It, yeah, it's, I'm, I mean, I paid $200 for the transducer. It's like an aftermarket transducer. I, I, I think it's the same. Th- I, think I think it's the same it, transducer. It I think it's the one that it came with, but it's different than what like the, the one you have is a block, right? No, That's, it's it's a pretty big. It's like ten inches long. But is it all connected? Little. Like, is, was there a bracket that you put it on, or is mm-hmm. it all just it's, a piece of plastic? I think it's the same transducer. I think it's just the settings we use is a little different. Yeah, because your side scan sucks compared to mine. Like my mine shows up way better, like with trees yeah. and stuff. When you're getting on top of it, yours is okay, but like. Mine, I mean, I can see 80 feet out to the side and say, that looks like a fish with a yeah. dot, you know? Yeah, I don't and I can know see the shadow. Because mine's just a newer version of yours. Mm-hmm. and um, I think it has to do with contrast. I've tried. I've played around with the settings. I mean, I feel confident that I can see things with it when it's in certain areas, but, like, I guess it's situational for, for mine. And, you know, his just seems to be, like, Wherever he goes, he just feels confident, even looking for fish on his side scan. Whereas, like, I want to see them on the down inside or on the down in uh, sonar before I really commit to saying, "Oh, yep, that's a that's a catchable fish or that's something to fish for," you know. Um, 
And I just have the HDS7, so it's not even a big graph. So Gen 2? Gen, 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 Gen 2, Touch. It's an awesome graph. I mean, I'm $400, best $400 I ever spent for fishing, probably. That's only a $400 graph? It's, we I, it retails like $750, $700, but I mean, I bought it for used for 400 bucks, and it was like brand new. Did power you? doesn't, power button doesn't work anymore, but that's all right. Wait, so what? Spend 3000 on one. Power, power button. button work, so. <laughs> Yeah, the power button doesn't work on my graph anymore. So how do you turn it on? Just plug it in. <laughs> when it's plugged in, it's on. When it's not plugged in, it's off. Thank God. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like we can't adjust like the brightness or anything. It's literally, it's dialed to the point where oh. hopefully it works. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. That'll be a bummer if that happens on the, on the tournament day where it doesn't turn on. Yeah. Probably just go home. Yeah, you, you should. That'd be okay with me. <laughs> Yeah, because we fish the same spots and you get more fish. <laughs> it's like ring around the posy out there this time of year. Yeah, yeah. I wish that I think when you were saying that you'd like to live on Lake Lanier, I'd love to live on like a Chickamauga or something uh, bigger. I mean, we, just similar structure, like a river system mm -hmm. where it's not like this big, huge lake like a uh, Smith Mountain or uh, I mean, like a Lake Fork. I guess I think that's the same kind of like sprawling lowland reservoirs, I think is what they're called, right? Mm -hmm. Like I like that highland reservoir, one dam, pretty deep points, winding, creek channels. I think that's that's what I would like to live on. That would be nice. We kind of have the best of both worlds with the res. It's just small. Yeah. Uh, the, the size is definitely deterring and the fact that the Potomac River, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that too. Fishing the, the difference in the summertime. Oh, yeah. Well, that's we'll, we'll kind of what we'll I was going yeah, to get to. We'll get into that. Um, we'll get into that after this. But, yeah, I mean, the, the res has it all. Like, we're very lucky that we – I won't say grew up fishing the res because, I mean, we didn't know about it until four years ago. Yeah. I've been fishing bit, for three years now. Yeah. yeah, it's been like three and a half years since we started fishing the reservoir. But, I mean, it's it has everything. Other since since it doesn't then, have, we probably fished like 500 days out there yeah, each. Yeah, I mean – But it doesn't have – Offshore grass. It does not have offshore grass. That's one thing that's a little bit different, but the fact that there's offshore fish. Yeah. doesn't have pads. Wish it had pads. Something like shallow grass. Yes. I mean, it, we, we have shallow grass. The willow grass is in there, but it's good for two months. Yeah, not even. And then... Surprises all the boats that go in and out of the river. It is a little weird that the, the hydrilla hasn't come in, and I do think that they sprayed it at one point. Yeah, but, but I, think I, you have I to do I, that every year in order to keep it killed. Maybe I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if it's also I backed my trailer dingy. into a bunch of hydrilla and so it's kind of got that, it has currents. I mean, but so does the Potomac with it's the got with stains. the tides. I mean, so photosynthesis yeah, the, doesn't really happen. But the if you think about the Potomac fishing in the back where there's no grass and you got to Belmont Bay and it's gin clear, you know, the grass cleans it out. It's true. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that has something to do with it. I just think there needs to be the right bottom for it. Is it mostly rocky? And oh, it's I, a lot of clay. It's too, a lot of it? it's it's There's a lot of just there, like rock, rock and mud. I guess with just the reservoir too. It we, there could be grass in the reservoir in certain parts in the uplake portions. Mm-hmm. It would help offshore hydro. Oh my gosh! It if the make, reservoir had hydrilla in it, it would be awesome. <laughs> just just throw oh like that God. one extra thing that you could do. I would, would be. It'd keep it clean. It would so keep clean it cleaner too. It would yeah. be clean, much cleaner. It would be better oxygenated. There'd be more places. Just for imagine the, if the res had like fifteen feet of viz. That'd be so sick. It'd be. I mean, it'd be tougher. Yeah. I think it would be tougher, but the fish would go cool. deeper. Yeah. The thermocline wouldn't be as be so as shallow. 
I kind of like it how it is right now. I do love <laughs> it, yeah. I wouldn't really change a thing right now. Four feet of visibility. That's a I lot. Can, yeah, that's that a place. lot. And I can I can deal with that all yeah. the whole time. I, I mean, we really, we are kind of in an unfortunate area where we just don't have a lot of different places to truly fish without having to travel. You know, we've got or Lake have to Anna. get permission to fish a private place. Yeah. I mean, and Lake Anna's a little too big for a John boat. Chick Lake's perfect. I wish we could fish there more, but that's a that's a haul, you know. Chick Lake's actually pretty small. Chick yeah. Lake's like a hundred or two hundred acres smaller yeah. than the res. Yeah, and, and in the summer, there's a lot that's not even fishable. Oh yeah, yeah. We, you we haven't just, even been out there really? in the summer, have you? No, I was you asking him. Get, I was I went out there on on uh, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. How'd you do? Friday. Uh, I did. I caught like five. I caught I caught eight frogfish and actually landed five of them they were a lot of them were just grabbing the legs like very shy you know Uh, i didn't get anything over three pounds though so this time of year you know all that like Mm -hmm. four to five foot stuff it's not you can't can't even even drive through there that's crazy to me so you literally just have to fish where the boats are running yeah you have to fish the channel basically yeah out to the grass edge, and then push push pull it's not quite that bad right now so you can punch it though oh yeah yeah, but it's up to a certain thick, point. Thick. But you can't even run a trolling motor through it. Do you have the Do you have the chopping? Um, yeah, whatever. You do have that. Oh, yeah. dude, it is based I'm on Matt's you, video. Like, like you could walk across this. Wait, shit. Matt posted so a thick. video of this well, last year. last year when he went uh, with Billy. He posted a video. Did you go with like, Matt late, this last time? Uh-huh. Late uh-huh. late summer, myself. and I mean it's matted up. There's little like channels and alleys and yeah. stuff. I'm sure that run into it, but right now it's not as bad as I saw it last year. Uh, it's there's still a lot of open water right now. But all the spots that I remember fishing this time a little later, but around this time last year where I was fishing like mat frogs, you know, like just fishing, skimming across a mat, there's still open water in those. But uh, yeah, I mean, it gets to a point where that place gets like a quarter of the size, it feels like, because the grass just closes you in. You're just like I punching. Can't even, can't even go over. Yeah, it. I would love to punch. I mean, I'd, but I you, I mean, you can. You could like punch the edge, but mm-hmm. then there's like 200 yards of grass behind that mm-hmm. that you just can't. Like, how can you fish that? I mean, you can yeah. throw a frog a across point. it and stuff, but like, it's it's not even. It gets to the point where it's too thick to right for there to be fish. In when it. you do, yeah. when you see Gunnersville, Gunnersville gets like that in a lot of places. I've watched uh, Gerald Swindle do a couple videos where it is just like these expansive. Mats. That mm-hmm. There's you can see the bank, you know, and it's fifty yards out, and these guys are just fishing the outer edge. Like you said, I mean, maybe it gets a little bit too thick for even the fish to get in there. But I guess if you found a hole, like a little canopy, that'd probably still be money. Yep. Canoe would be. It's nice almost for that. like I mean, you just get a pit push pole. Just put take the whole, all the motors up. But you said it's how tall did it get? Oh, dude, you can get into it with a push pole. What's a push pole? Just a long, oh, like just a, a long rod. Yeah, you, like you see through. a lot of like, guys fishing in Florida that are they're fishing honestly, like a, John, swamps. And I think shit. John Cox always has one yeah. on his boat. Yeah, like, I don't even think it's worth it though. I think it's yeah, like I mean, too thick I mean, that it's not even worth. it. I mean, that just gotta, goes into the summertime thing of offshore. It just changes from instead of going out into twenty feet of water, they're going into six yeah, feet of water. You, you can't graph this shit. You don't need. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you and don't need to because there's a high percentage spots as the edge. You know. That's little what I was points, say. little bump little, Yeah, little points and stuff. I, I totally agree. But I just know, like, from what I saw last year, and I'm sure there's dudes that do know what they're doing to, in that grass and where they are or whatever, um, it was like a like a 
I mean, is a sh- needle in a haystack. Yeah. It's it's overwhelming. It's yep. like, where am I supposed to throw this thing? Yeah. This grass goes for hundreds of yards they, around they, me. Yeah. Like, you should definitely watch some of those. I would love to try this now. I didn't realize that. It, I think we talked about it, but I kind of forgot. Um, G-Man, he, he, he was talking about that. It's just like that exact word, overwhelming. When yeah, you see like, these expansive it? mats and you're just like, he says you start picking it apart where it's like you get two different types of vegetation. You get little bump outs. You get um, different differences. Differences. Like, even mm-hmm. little gut cut ins on them. You know, those types of things is what you target. Yeah, you, you have to run some bank. You have to, well, not bank, but you have to run some edges of that for a couple hundred yards to just try and pick up to see, well, I caught a fish on that kind of a spot. I caught a fish on that spot. And then you can start to pattern from there. And sometimes it's, when they want it on the bottom when you're when you're punching it sometimes they want it like as like you're pulling it up it, and sometimes yeah. you, they want it just as you're dangling it right through the through the mat we'll have to we'll have to go there sometime soon because it's it, i'm not even sure you can imagine what it what it looks like because it is it is literally like if you're not in the channel there you see grass on the surface everywhere it's like not even channels for the most yeah, part there are not, channels some channels but like for the most part, it's not even channels. It's, it's just not even grass. like this. Because like, I mean, like, you know, you go out on the river and you'll see sparse. Yeah. In the sense that, like, there'll be a little, okay, that, that little spot's open. Like, I can drop into that. Or even if it's really thick, you could still find some subtle differences. This shit is like, mm. like hard ground. Yeah. Thick, you know, with, it, thick with three it's, C's. It's like, I don't even know if a two ounce weight would punch this shit. Oh, uh, okay. It's wow. like, like, yeah, it's that thick. And then you, even wow. if you do, you're like, you come up and it's just like you grabbed like the biggest clump of grass and you're like, how, like, how am I supposed to fish in this shit? You know, wow. I think it's intense. Personally, I think it almost makes it easier to fish that place because it eliminates a ton of ground. Yeah. Like I, you I have it, so much less to fish. Yeah. You just fish, I mean, the edges and the points. And yeah. So I guess that brings up the next topic of like, do you fish? shallow in the summer in the res like when do you fish shallow why would you decide to fish shallow um uh, not just the res this th- goes for yeah, the viewers too we'll put a post up we just we just know video. the res better yes. and this is what we're well in everyone's opinion there's always fish that stay shallow um uh i remember winning a big fish in uh, or bit winning big fish in one of the res tournaments and i caught a six and a half pounder on a buzz bait at like eight it was just the end okay. of the shade line, but that was in three feet of water. Yes, it was in that three feet is, of water, that but fish the water is not had, living offshore. That that fish had also probably pulled up because it was a it was the water was high. No, it wasn't that time of year. It was it was um, we were right in front of you. I know we, you, we were right. Well, yeah, I know you know where I was, but it wasn't that muddy year. It wasn't at that point yet. It, it definitely was because that was the, the tournament. Tyler and I had like twenty four pounds, and that was the tournament that you got stopped by the game warden. Yeah, and we ran up lake, and it was getting muddy because it was rushing down lake. But it wasn't there yet. It was getting high. The water had been pushed up, so there was there was an out outlier there in, for the summer. And Dude, my, that tree was that tree's always at that same. Out- I promise you, the water was high. I don't think so. You're gonna test my memory. Yeah, on this? I think I think. Fultz, the tournament with the Sammy, and you caught the five pounder at the end of the day. Was the water high? I don't know. We got we got second place. Thunderstorm. Thunder. I remember that that tournament though before that was the first tournament that me and Spencer fished together. It was like first week of June. It was pouring rain, um, but it was all clear. I mean, we That were, wasn't that tournament, though. I know. It was the tournament before that. I, I mean, we the water wasn't dirty, dirty down lake. No. It was high, though. It may have been higher, but... It was... The water had been pushed like up, and there was, cur- there, there was current going, yes, but I... 
my personal opinion, you're never going to win a tournament shallow in, the, in the heat of summer, at least at least on the reservoir. But then, and, and if you're fishing the Potomac River, you're going to win every tournament shallow. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally it's totally different depending on where you live. But we're in the summertime. You're not going to win a tournament in less than ten feet of water there, when the water's Alex, over eighty five. That's what it looks or, like, and it's clear. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a frog. <laughs> that's. I mean, it's like there isn't even a hole to throw in. You know, you're just. Is that a lot of duckweed on there too? It's mm-hmm. duckweed on top, but I mean, it's grass throughout. Just hydrilla. It's 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 pretty intense. I'm Sorry, excited. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. Yeah. I, I'm excited to go try it out. But well, no, what, what I mean, so keeping everything the same. If we're talking like res type fisheries. So you've you're talking like some kind of old river system that's dammed up. You know, Table Rock, um, Chickamauga, those types of places. People still fish shallow. You just, if you want to fish shallow, you kind of got to go into areas where, like for us, it would be going up into the rivers, up into the feeder creeks where, you know, most of those fish, there's current, you know, there's those kind of, you got current, you got um, colder water, which, and then you got need oxygen. Man, I remember Ike and Ellie talking about these three major points and it was fantastic. Shade. It's probably shade, oxygen, and um, thick, like the thickest part of the cover. If the, for shallow fish, yeah, they're definitely in the. I mean, you can still catch them. Like I'm not knocking that at all. I just, if you want to get on a group of fish, and not have to go beat the bank and weed through twenty two pounders, one and a half pounders, you got to get off the bank. I yeah. just, I really don't think that you can stand a chance in the summertime. And that, like, that this does not go for all the fisheries that you guys are fishing. We know not a, a small percentage of you fish the reservoir, but. And this also has a lot to do with water clarity. As long as you have like a foot yes. of water clarity or more, I'm fishing deep every time. Yeah. So, Kerr last year or two years ago, that tournament was in mid July, right? Pretty sure, yeah. And it was one on a Senko way up shallow. Mm hmm. And it's also a different lake. Well, I, yeah, they that's what went, I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is they went up, they found muddier water, and they went up into that and found shade casting, of course, Senkos at the, in this exact instance, but I'm sure they could have caught them on frogs. I'm sure they could have caught them on a few other baits, but they were finding shade up shallow. And that's, if you want to catch fish shallow, you can definitely do it. And depending on the body of water, sometimes there are plenty of good fish. I think when we're looking at the reservoir, it's just, there's I don't so- think anybody's disagreeing with you. I think no, we all just, agree that yeah, like just, different bodies of water, you can 100%, like Potomac, for, sure. for example. Potomac's going to be one shallow on Saturday. But that's Guar- almost I mean, guarantee it. It's yeah, either it's either but, four feet of water okay. everywhere or it's Let's 40 take, feet. Ch- in the- all right, Chickamauga. John Cox is smoking him on a frog mm-hmm. in a Cinco in the grass, and he's in the top 10. There's probably half the guys fishing out deep and half the guys fishing up shallow because it's, it's a huge lake. Yeah, there's more options. There's so many more options for them and different types of structure for them to get up on shallow and different ty- like grass. If, the, if there was hydrilla in the reservoir, they would be shallow in the summertime. There would be some, yeah. Yes, I think there, would there would be, be there would be out yeah, off. There would be a lot out offshore, but there, if there was a massive mat of hydrilla, at the splits in the summertime, you could catch them in there. Yeah. Good ones. I guarantee it because yeah. there's the right structure for it, but we just don't have that on the reservoir. I think mixing it up too is a good way. Early in the morning, of course. Yes. You kind of go power fishing. You're taking a, taking a chance. You might catch a big one doing it. But you're it. still going to do it in the near deep water. You can, what? 
if you're going to go fish shallow with the top water in the summertime before the sun comes up, you're still going to do it near deep water. If you think about it, think about the times you throw it to Sammy or in something up on some, on a point. Yeah, like depending. it's going to be near deep water. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, well, yeah, in in particular to the res, but I guess I don't really know enough about say like what you're talking about the Chickamauga because I've never mm -hmm. fished it, but. I think you could probably find fish that just stay in shallow Absolutely. flats and shallow creeks all year long. Mm -hmm. And those fish, if you if you find the right ones or the right way to catch maybe one or two, you go do that in the morning. And then you go out and fish brush piles, kind of like you follow. A lot of guys were doing both. Yep. They, the, you know, they'd go up early, throw a frog around. They'd find some um, shallower grass and, and then they'd go and fish a brush pile or two. Then they'd go find some shade lines you know, in that 9, 10, 11 o'clock range where the sun's not directly overhead, but create some shade and you go and fish that stuff. You got to, I think mixing it up is a good way definitely. To, to do that on bodies of water like that. But yeah, definitely, definitely don't eliminate shallow water where you live ever. Because if you got the right stuff, they're going to live there. But if you got nice ledges and your fish don't like living shallow, and put on a shaky head millions hundreds of millions of shad they're probably then the dead. shad like to go out deep and just mm -hmm. sit so i me and alex saw the alewife or threadfin or whatever it was on the res that other time i was up until then i was pretty much under the impression it was pretty much all gizzards yeah that was i mean i don't know if we want to get into this discussion but that was when you explained that to me and we looked at those pictures you're 100 percent right. I don't, I don't think that that's a that was not a gizzard. 100 percent not a gizzard. Yeah. I, I, not a doubt in my mind because of the mouth. It was like a little tarpon. And like that's so the, many of people have had this conversation before. And a lot of the old guys that have been fishing that fountainhead tournament or just the Aquaquan in for decades, they would all say most of them say there is only gizzard there. That's nope. just wrong. And, and I true. definitely don't think that's right anymore. Maybe it was for a while. But yeah. I, just, it's I thought it like, was up until I saw that picture. Like even the picture that uh or I saw that fish. We we actually netted that fish and were able to look at it up close. But I thought it was up until then. Even when um who was Danny, it? Danny and yeah, and Anthony. Danny and Anthony had that one. I still wasn't really convinced because I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe. But like after actually seeing that Chad in person and like being able to touch it and like look at its mouth and everything like that. 100% wasn't a gizzard. Not very well-versed in bait fish types, but it was, my guess, like an alewife or it could have been a threadfin with a thread. It's an alewife or a threadfin. It's not a yeah. gizzard, Chad. No. So Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Some, so kind of going but, back to the, the shallow stuff with the Potomac, because we have a tournament. You guys hear the recap in, what, 10 days or yeah, two weeks? It, uh, back it, on them pabiffles. Yeah. First pabiffle after Corona. First yep. real tournament after Corona. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get your text today? I already, no, already pre-registered. No, I'm saying the no on-site meeting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, didn't get it. Oh. I, was, uh, maybe you're I not wasn't aware there was an on-site meeting anyways. Yeah. Three years of fishing BFLs. What's what's an on-site meeting? We went to three. I'll give you two. Regionals. You go to that one. Oh, I'll give you three. There you I had go. To, I had to collect a trophy, so I had to go to that one. <sighs> All right, moving on. So, fishing shallow on river systems, tidal, that's something that not everyone, nobody in the middle of the country, in, in, on the interior of this country is going to deal with that. It's pretty much just all the co coastlines, you know, wherever bass live. And Cal Delta is pretty much the closest thing to the Potomac, I would say. 
upper upper Chesapeake. I guess, yeah, but I would almost consider that somewhat Potomac in a way. I mean, it's the same body of water that feeds into it. It's true. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially the same, but, but yes, the, you're right. The Louisiana you, Delta. Yeah, but that's, I guess it's similar to the river. But There's a, there's a few places around the country yeah. that have Delaware River. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... It's a unique situation. Yeah. Definitely unique. Um, and it can make those fish absolutely on fire and chewing at some points. And then same day, three hours later, not be able to get a single bite where you were getting them before. Sit down and eat lunch. Yep, yep. exactly. Today was one of those days where we went out and we literally grinded for from 6.30 until about 12.30. And then finally the tide switched. We fished the entire incoming tide. And it was miserable. It was like banging your head against the wall. And as soon as that tied, and I had to go to round two, so I didn't get to really fish much of it. But it was like a light switch. We were fishing the same spot. Went back to it when the tide was going out. It was just automatic. The size went up of fish. The frequency of bites went up. And we're not even going to be able to get to fish that on Saturday. High tide is at, uh, I think, 145 at Indian Head. Yeah. It's going to be... I think it's going to be a brutal tournament, but that's because I, so. I don't really have much confidence out there. I think so too. But some of the weights have been, people have been winning tournaments out there over the last couple of weeks with like 15, 16 pounds, which I mean, these guys fish that place all the time. They know places and it's just not producing quality fish. And all that means for us as co anglers is 10 pounds or a limit, and there's a good chance you're walking home with a check. 10 well, pounds, I bet you top eight. Top ten with eight with ten pounds. Yeah, I would I would say that's a safe bet. Luckily, and the, unless they, something drastic happens, the twelve inch fish is also going to hurt that though, because everyone's going to be able to catch one of those. I mean, I mean, almost every I think the twelve fish. inch fish is going to help it because if you think about how many people would have come in with two fish that are over fifteen inches compared to three fish that are twelve inches and two fish that are like fifteen sixteen inches, you know, like the weights are the weights are going to be more so. Definitely, but that's also conducive to the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say ninety percent of the people will probably weigh in if, since it's twelve inches. Yeah, but I mean, the weights. I would for co anglers, the weights will probably stay the same. There won't be that seventeen, eighteen pound bag for no, a co angler, not unless they have a money boater. You're gonna yeah, unless you're, you have a money boater who's got a depression in a grass bed that has all of the five, four to five pounders in the river in it. I just hope my boater goes to a grass bed so I don't get backboated. Yeah. That's one thing if you guys don't live or fish the Potomac River, if your boater doesn't go fish a grass bed, chances are you're going to get backboated. Even like lily pads are okay. I can deal with that because you can, there's kind of like a depth thing to that. Mm -hmm. So if they're fishing the edge, you can fish like four or five feet in. Or if they're fishing four or five feet in, you can fish the edge. So I'm not. I'm I'm cool with them going to the lily pads like that too. You just don't want to hear them. I'm going to fish docks. Yeah, that or laydowns, because then you're like, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna have anything to throw at. But or uh, that's where you go. Oh, oh, I I meant to cast that way. Oh, I just I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I crossed your line. Oh, I got one. <laughs> yeah, and then you catch a four pounder right in front of him, and you get a seven six heavy to the back of the head. <laughs> Oh, sorry, bud. That was a bad cast. Yeah, if he's throwing a 7.6 heavy, I'll be all right anyways. As long as he's not throwing a weightless Senko in front of me. As long as he doesn't snag you in the hand with a treble hook because he boat flips a fish in a stupid way. 
That was not a stupid way. That fish was laying on the ground of the boat, and you decided to grab it in a stupid way. Tyler. And I didn't ask you to grab it either. Oh, update on our being hooked past the barb count. I'm up to two. Yeah. Only one was my fault. We already talked about that one. This one was completely Matt's fault. 100%. It didn't feel good. Nah, but I, I, I did surgery. He's fine. Yanked it out again. He lost a finger, but I mean, he'll be all right. I've been casting kind of funny. Yeah. No, you're you're good. That was not my fault. It wasn't. I I grabbed a fish with he that like, had a treble. <laughs> I gave him I gave him the strong hand. Dude, I grabbed him with my strong hand. <laughs> I don't know what like how you were trying to, to pick that it was thing up. The dumbest thing I could have ever done, and I'm terrified of treble hooks now. Yeah, I'm just I'm, and they were a like fish the, comes up with a treble hook. I'm like cool. Jump off. <laughs> they were like the... Uh, take a picture while it's still in the yeah, water. It's like, start shaking. I don't want to take you off. Just jump off for me. They're, they're like the... I think it's the G-Man uh, like nano finesse oh, yeah. ones. So they... like It didn't take much for that thing to go past oh, it, the bar. Oh, and it like grabbed onto like a tendon on my thumb and I had to adjust it so Fultz could pull it out and I like moved it and it popped off it. My whole, th- my whole hand just went like boing. Oh, <laughs> it was awful. Dude, I don't want to hear any it more about te- that. It was terrible. That was the worst part of it. I mean, it hurt. It was a hook in my hand, but the worst part was when it hit pulling the tendon. Pulling it out. No, no, not even pulling it out. When it hit the tendon and my whole hand just went I did like, the whole braid trick and I don't think he felt it really. No, I barely felt it when he pulled it out. Well, he luckily you're not going to have to use any treble hook baits. On Saturday. And that's false. I'm bringing a walking bait. Did, did you not see all the floating grass everywhere? It doesn't mean it's going to be there on Saturday. Really? Yeah. That's what the tide does. It was, sucks it out. What? Oh, well, mm, no. Because when we got I've there this morning. I've had plenty of experiences was... on the river going to a completely different section of the river or going sure. back two days later, and there's none of that. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere the last two days. It was to the point where even fishing a weightless Senko, I was 50% of the time I would come back with a strand of eelgrass or some snot grass on there. It was just obnoxious. I'm going to bring it because then I could put like a small crankbait or something on it. And I mean, it depends something. on what your boat is going to do. Yeah, I'm pretty much solely waiting on what he says. Yeah. So, Might bring two rods. I mean, yeah. So I'm jigging a Senko. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much it. <laughs> and a frog. I'm, I'm bringing a frog. I got it. Yeah, I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring like a popper and a walking I'm bait. A, I'm going to bring the sprinkler. I brought the popper today. I didn't throw it one time. I'm bringing the sprinkler frog. That's a good idea. Yeah. Billy, you going fishing this weekend? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. Where? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. My dad's coming up here. He wants to go fishing. I might just take him on the river. Tell me. Yeah, let's know how you do. Three baits for the week. What am I going to throw? What oh, are you we throwing? didn't do this last time, did we? Oh, boy. No, we were too hammered. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't even remember where we left off last <laughs> week. <laughs> I think I ended up just giving up. And just like, I don't even, I think I pressed I do stop remember that. that. You were like, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. Much more structured for you guys this week. Yeah. Felt felt a lot better. Celebration. The wine uh, there was now. a little bit of nerves last week, too. I mean, we, I felt we, like our first podcast yeah, again. Seriously. Yeah. It definitely was very foreign. Yeah, and, and drunk. It's been three months. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I don't think it's as bad as you guys remember, though. Just so you know. Good. Um, three baits. I don't remember. I'm just kidding. 
What are you throwing this week, bud? This is good because we don't have to say jerk bait Ned Rig in a yeah. drop shot anymore. If I'm going to go back out on the river, I'm definitely going to fish. I love fishing the river like first thing in the morning, top water bite, um, wake bait, walking bait, um, frog. Um, some kind of weedless swim bait. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, I was running a... Um, what did I have out there the other day? One of those 316... See a little white one up there by those weird frogs. Mm-hmm. Just weedless. Comes through that grass right now really easy. Um, Catching them? I didn't catch one on there, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fish it for long. Um, I mean, I don't see why that would have any harder of a time catching them than swim jig or anything. If you have a bluegill pattern swim bait, I think you're money. Yeah. Um, and then, no yeah, shit. probably, I don't know, I've been fishing the weightless Senko a lot, which I used to, I mean, I recently got back into it. I hated throwing a Senko for a long time. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, it works, and especially out in the river. Where Catches good ones. Where there's so much grass, and it gets really old, peeling, like you were saying, just, Every cast, just picking grass off your line. Can't beat a weedless Senko. Weightless, throw it up to the grass edge and just let it float. I caught a bunch the other, the other day out there on that orange Senko I was throwing today. Mm-hmm. What? Orange? <laughs> yeah. Like, orange. You ever heard about my orange uh, Senkos? Tangerine? Is it the Dude. laminate one? Dude, no, it's uh, it's pumpkin is the color. You, you, bought, uh, you got uh, any more? You have bought I'm enough. going to green top. Actually, that is what I need. I need some Senkos. This man was literally yesterday. He's like, I'm done ordering stuff from Tackle Warehouse. Posts like 25 bags of Zoom plastics. I got to go to Green Top tomorrow. I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive an hour and a half. We got a derby on Saturday. I may only win $100, but I'll spend $500 easy. It's not going to be. But it, yeah, it'll be close to $100 probably. I do want to get a mag draft of freestyle though. Like. Not for not for this tournament, but if they have I, that, can you get me one? God dang, you're needy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I think Green Top does have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't when we were went down. They they, well, they, didn't they were just out of stock. Anything yeah. when we went down last to time. Smith Mountain. I why well, stopped oh, I didn't on stop the way to Smith Mountain before that. They didn't have Jack. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it looked like. Like a week or two ago. Oh shit, that's a good point, man. You better, you you better call and just see how much like, stock they have. Uh, oh, I could. Probably. I could ask Billy. You I also know. have Bass Pro Shops while you're down there too, so yeah. chances My are you're Billy gonna. works there in the fishing department. I can yeah. ask him if, what they got. Gotcha. Before you go, hey, I, I'm pretty much. Well, I know what I need. We'll talk after that. But. Cool. Shout right, out Billy yeah. and Chatterbaits. Sorry, go ahead. Chatterbaits. No, I said shout out Billy. Oh, From Green yeah. Top. Billy. Billy catches big fish. He does catch some big fish. All right, Matt, what are you doing? He's a good dude. I'm just going to say swim jig, obviously. for at least three. At least Saturday. No, not. I'm not saying (laughs) saying just a swim jig. I did bring four rods, and two of them had swim jigs on it today. But um, swim jig one, just just because of Saturday. And then next week, before we record, obviously, I mean, we're going to be on the reservoir. First first reservoir tournament is July 12th. We think. Yeah. As a, it's not as, official. Yes. But. So it, if all goes as planned and the park allows us to do it, it'll be July 12th. So I would really like to get the scrounger to work. Scrounger and 
deep diving crankbait. I just Ooh. I just got the 805, the Paul Mueller glass. Oh, you, you did? The I got the glass. One. I really want to try that. Oh, yeah. One. I want to feel that one before I make my order. That's what, that's what um, Chad Roop, he he had the glass, and that's why I bought it. I was I was kind of torn because I was like, oh, this might be a little light for throwing those like big, big baits. And he let me throw it around, and I mean, it's... What's it rated up to? I think it's like two and a half ounces or an ounce. Uh, no, it's an ounce and a half. That's crazy. So you can't throw like the 25-foot diving crankbaits, but you can throw the 20... Everything else. Yeah, everything else. It's really mm-hmm. nice. It's I'm, I was I was impressed. It's not even close to as mushy and as parabolic as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, those are those are my three. Where are you going to throw a deep dive and crankbait on the res? On the reservoir. Mm. Mm. Just something. I mean, one of those little, just another little trick. thing. Yeah, just another trick that we have another not unlocked. We, we have not unlocked yet. And yeah, yep. I would definitely like to get better at it because now I have a really nice rod for it. Yep. All right. Um, swim jig. Yep, I'm gonna be throwing that. Weightless Senko. Gonna be throwing that. Um, then I'm gonna continue to try and dial in a Carolina rig. I think that it's there's just something in our body of water that they are looking for that I'm not throwing on the back of it. Maybe it's the leader length. Maybe it's what have you thrown on the back of it? A lot of thrown. I mean, I did have some pretty good success a few summers ago with Spencer, who was my old tournament partner, and he he grew up on Lake Anna where he was throwing Carolina rigs all the time with 10-inch power worms, yeah. just like a few different colors, green pumpkin, that tequila sunrise one really worked well. Uh, I tried it last summer when it was even cleaner. It was even better conditions, and I just couldn't get bit on it. Um, but... Trick worms, I've thrown Senkos on it, I've thrown brush hogs, I've thrown Z Cross. I've thrown What have you um what kind of leader lengths have you used? I, typically. I, well the la- yesterday when I was out there, I tried and the thing about yesterday was like I was catching fish. So I was like, you know what, I really want to take this opportunity. I'm gonna throw a Carolina rig. And for the next forty five minutes I threw a Carolina rig on spots where I kept seeing fish and I was like, Okay, I'm not catching them. And that was with a black trick worm. Just what I was throwing on my shaky head. Turned around, threw my shaky head in there, caught one. Weird. I was just like, what is it about this? Maybe it's, maybe my my weight's too heavy. Maybe my weight's too light. I don't know. But and maybe they just don't want a Carolina rig. I don't know. I did catch one with Matt um, probably yeah, two or we three weeks ago. Yeah, but we also caught 12 fish in like 20 minutes, and they were pretty fired up. That's what I was saying about this. Like, maybe it was making know. too much noise on the bottom. Maybe. I don't know what it is. But that's... I'm gonna try and figure that out. Just throw a few more, th- few more different baits. Maybe change up the weight of it. Change the leader. Um, yeah, I was just curious because I don't. I've never really. I mean, I thrown them. I tried to throw them two years ago. I did catch some fish on them on the river, but the leader length thing, I never really. It was always a guess. I never really. Yeah, I've always heard the kind of two feet. Not even. Not even like a length. It's just. It depends on the water clarity. Mm-hmm. Like you want it to, if it's if it's super clean, you want it longer. If it's not clean, you want it mm. shorter, just so they can hear that clacking closer to, to get, the closer to the bait. Don't have to go searching for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, so they don't well, have as long, far to look. The the year that I and we did pretty well. We actually did well in a summer tournament actually on a Carolina rig, where I think we weighed in half of our bag on on it. Um, but it was pretty much a consistent eighteen to twenty four inches. So I don't think. 
I think I that, that I maybe think they that's, just don't want it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Keep trying it. Maybe yeah. there's one day it'll work. And one of these days you're gonna put that right bait on and just smoke them. And mm-hmm. Be like, that's that's what it, it is. Out. This is. I haven't tried the power worm yet this year, so I'm gonna try that. This have this. you tried a bull worm? Nope. Nope. Mm. The big stuff I've, seems to be working, so maybe maybe big and subtle instead yeah. of small and subtle, or big and um, you know if you use the big power worm with the big tail on it, maybe. A straight tail worm. Keep spending money, bud. I'm just throwing a green top. Let me know if it works. (laughs) (laughs) So, for my three baits, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Go ahead. Excuse you. (laughs) Give your balls. What do you? What do you want to throw? I'm just gonna completely skip over the Potomac tournament because I have nothing to add to that. You guys just beat. We're all throwing a swim jig. Yeah, exactly. Seeing Belmont Bay. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, I'm gonna be throwing on the um, on the res. I'm probably gonna be throwing a. Some sort of big, um, big shaky head. Uh, I want to try the scrounger, try and get scrounger bite going. And then I want to throw a lot more of the Sammy this week. I haven't thrown the Sammy that much, and I feel like I can get a good bite going if I start earlier, stay late. So I'm going to throw the Sammy a lot on that. that it just sucks that, that we work bank. in the morning. Yeah. It's not the same in the evening with the top no. water bite out there. No. It's the water's its hottest. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. Anybody else have anything? All right. March, march, march. Oh yeah. Um merch much. Are we actually some merch? So we're working on it. Yes. Still. We, we we have, we have some proto- proto- yeah. prototypes of merch that we've tested out and a few kinks are being worked out right now, but we have someone lined up who's gonna start getting some stuff produced for us to get to you guys. So Yep, so keep an eye out for that. I don't know where we're gonna put them. Uh, whether we're going to make a website or it'll or be through, what. The, it, I would but probably through the Instagram. I would just that say could work. Yeah, that, I don't know, something like that. Keep keep uh keep your eyes out and keep listening. We'll we'll let you know. Blow that Instagram um, up. But, yeah, I mean we're please. definitely trying to post a lot more. You know, this winter when we started the podcast, it was kind of you know boring fishing. You know, it was the same drop shot, like you said, Ned rig, blah 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 blah. But uh, now that we things are changing, fishing more aggressive, we're definitely throwing. I mean, there's there could be 14 rods on your, the deck of your boat, and you can catch on all 14 rods, literally. We're going to start doing uh, some giveaways on there. Um, we I also know. do owe the last person for yeah, we the do. Bassmaster. We're going to get you a car decal. Oh, yeah, the new sticker. Yeah, yep. we, can do that. we have a bite logo car decals. Yep. So, um, But, yeah, we're going to start doing giveaways on the Instagram. Uh, with a few different products, maybe some shirts sometimes. We've been talking about doing a uh, Dobbins rod, maybe, once we get some more followers. So go follow and and uh, wait for that. You're getting a Fury, you greedy sons of bitches. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but Furies are nice. Yes, so. they are. Um, and I keep saying this, and I keep wanting to do it, but we need to get that YouTube going. So... I guess those are the kind of doing it on the rest. As they say, all eyes on you, bud. Yeah, right. You keep saying yeah, it. Yeah, so, you keep saying it. What's if you want to do it? You don't know how to make an account. He doesn't want to see that equipment. He doesn't even post on the Instagram. No, I don't. Goes out and smacks twenty pounds, and we're like, "How'd you do?" Everybody's like looking at the Instagram, and I'll po- I'll start posting. I caught a four, and then a three and a half, and then another four, and <laughs> another four. If he doesn't yeah. post the pictures, he doesn't have to prove it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Man, they were all four two pounders. 
really call it eight pounds. All four two-pounders? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yep. it's confused there. For some but reason. I think that's it for this week. So uh, stay tuned. Listen to next, next week. We got some recap of the tournament, and I guess we'll talk more about uh, summer fishing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Can we throw that in the intro? Yeah. Oh, yes. definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. Thanks Alex, for listening, guys. Peace and blessings. Peace.